0: I don't sit well. Um, It's not the physical act of sitting. I'm fine with that. I don't sit in quiet times well. I I need to do something. If we're around the house and there's not much going on, I feel like I need to put my hands to work doing something. I, I can sit for a little while, but I'm not one to grab a book and spend hours on end delving into a book. I need to get up. I need to move. I need to work on something put you know whether it's a car or whether it's a project or whatever it is i feel like i need to be in the midst of something so i get where peter is at as he's sitting on the shore Now a little bit of setting, remember Easter has happened and they were up in the upper room and Jesus came in and said, peace be to you. And he blew on them and gave them the Holy Spirit, right? And then they went later, eight days later with Thomas and they sat with Thomas and they said, Jesus is alive. And he said, yeah, whatever. I got to see him first. And then Jesus showed up and he said, my Lord and my God. Now, if we read in Matthew and Mark, we also see that Jesus directed his disciples To go back to Galilee right they were in Jerusalem they stayed in the city in Jerusalem for as long as they needed to and then he said go to Galilee and it came through voices of others and they said go to Galilee for Jesus goes there before you and so sitting on the shoreline sitting there looking out seeing the others that were at work because remember daily life is going on it's an ordinary day on the north end of the sea of galilee the disciples who were there waiting for jesus have not seen him once they've gotten up to galilee they're just waiting on the shore so they go back to work they're waiting for jesus to show up they're waiting for him to come back in he said he was going to be there he promised to be there so they're just waiting on the shore Peter being Peter says, I'm going going fishing. I'm going back to the daily life. I'm going back to what we had done before because that's what I know how to do. It's what God has gifted me to be able to do. And we got to get back to work. Enough of this sitting around stuff. And the other disciples with them, the majority of them, all professional fishermen from their life before as well, said, well, hey, we'll go with you. Let's head back on out. Let's go see what we can do. And so I get it. I get needing to put your hands back to work. I get getting back into just kind of the ordinary thing that's going to be going on. That It was certainly a mountaintop experience for all those disciples as they were in Jerusalem following their Lord and then all the craziness of Holy Week and everything else that was going on and then being in locked doors in an upper room and Jesus coming into that. But now, sitting on the shoreline once again, waiting. It's time to go fishing again. And they head out. In the evening, as often, because if any of you have ever been fishing, you know the fish are more active when it's dark out. You never go in the middle of the day. You either go really, really early, or you go late at night in the evening time in the dusk. And so their normal time for fishing was nighttime. And they fished all night. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been out across the water, whether it was a lake or deep sea fishing or whatnot, but I remember going out with my dad and we would head out on a boat and it was early as early could be because the sun wasn't quite up yet or it was just on its way. And you get out, then you see another boat floating out there and it's amazing how well sound travels across water. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. So scripture-wise, we hear the guys were about 100 yards off, about a football field out into the water, right? And Jesus comes up and asks a normal question, very ordinary question. What'd you get? Are the fish biting? All right, he worded it different. But that's the question, right? You don't got any food, do you? And they said, No. After all night fishing, All night, seven professional fishermen sitting in a boat with a net on the sea that provided for them every single day for their sustenance. Nothing. Empty-handed. You know how many fishermen like to tell that story? None. None like to tell that story. Right? You put every single bit of effort into everything that was there. Now, Jesus' question right there. In that morning time, as they had worked all night, is an ordinary question. As he says, you got anything to eat? You see the, the translations in there that you can read a few different ones of them. Some of them it's, do you have any fish? Did you catch anything? Did you take any fish? Or You don't got anything to eat, do you? it all kind of revolves around the fact that they're empty-handed. And they've got nothing at that moment ordinary morning this is where jesus starts to provide things because in that ordinary moment in that ordinary morning in that place where we just start to take things for granted he provides but how many ordinary things do we take for granted either way as we walk through this story right He says, well, cast your nets over on the right side of the boat. Okay, again, I don't know if any of you have been fishing before. Now, remember, they're not hook and line their nets. They've been throwing nets on the left side, the right side, the front side, the back side, every single side of the boat. And they hear this guy say, hey, throw your nets out on the right side of the boat. Sure. Why not? We'll try it. And they throw it out there, and what happens? They can't haul it in. It can't haul it in at all. And so John, being the one who's usually more perceptive than Peter right off the bat, sits there and he says, it's the Lord. And then Peter jumps in, right? Heads off, goes in. They're all hungry and got to sit with the other disciples for a second in the boat. Peter jumps off, or what are they left to do? One man short, row the boat back in with a whole haul of fish on the back end of it because they can't get it in the boat, right? So Peter heads off, he gets over to the shoreline, and what's he find? He finds breakfast. A little ash fire, a little fire going, a coal fire, which, there it is, that's the one. A little coal fire burning, except it had more on it than that. It had fish, it had bread. Already there, the other disciples are still dragging the fish in. And here in this ordinary morning, Jesus shows up on the shoreline to provide. A little bit of fish, a little bit of bread, seemingly from nowhere. And there, for them to eat, for them to sit in an ordinary meal at an ordinary time, Jesus comes up doing extraordinary things. What that started to make me think about, and maybe you've sat in this time before too, is how many ordinary things where Jesus is present do we strip him out of it and we start to either claim them for ourselves or forget the gifts that he gives through them? There's so many different ones. And, you know, as I started to look at different pictures and different things, there's a few of them that started to come to mind, you know, whether it was coffee in the morning with a loved one, or just the simple sunrise and time. Whether it was a time to have you know, with somebody else and enjoy what's outside, whether it's a, a shoulder to cry on, whether it's a moment to sit with a loved one, whether it's care within family, whatever it may happen to be, God provides so many different ways to be present in our lives. And yet we can either run away from them We can neglect them, we can hand them off, we can ignore the fact that he's there and present, or we can start to lift ourselves up in the middle of them and claim them for ourselves, and we forget the extraordinary things that God does in the midst of every single day, and we sit and we start to think, well, it's just ordinary I don't know how many sunrises you've watched. They're not ordinary. How many sunsets you see. They're not ordinary. They're beautiful. I don't know how many times you've had to be able to sit with somebody who's hurting, but in that moment, the care and the love that can be shown is a beautiful care and a beautiful love that God brings peace into the midst of that. And on Sundays, things start to look pretty ordinary, like maple donuts. That was great. They start to look pretty ordinary. You come in and you hear the same things. It's a little bit repetitious. Sometimes it may even be described as boring. At least that's what I hear from my kids. It's all right. Usually, when they say I'm bored, I say, Good. It's good that you're bored. And they stop. They say, You have time to think, you have time to sit, you have time to receive. You have time where you're not entertained having to put your hands to work on something else or claiming something for your own. You get to just sit and receive what's given. And so we see very ordinary things happen. In a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate confirmation. A confirmation where kids come up and they talk about the faith that has been given to them in baptism through ordinary water and ordinary means. God does extraordinary things by His Spirit and by his grace. For 30 years now, our church has been a church gathering people together, proclaiming the good news of Christ, and now, in a very ordinary business park building, Jesus is present. A moment to hear his word, to see his grace, to see how he provides in the midst of a community within this family, and when we're not present, at other times as well. But in the midst of very ordinary things, God's extraordinary grace continues to shine. Every Sunday when we come in here through ordinary bread, ordinary wine, ordinary meals, God gives his grace, his forgiveness, his presence. And so it may feel very ordinary, yet it's very extra ordinary, very beautiful, very gracious of God to work through those things that are familiar to give us things that we can't even comprehend. And when we leave as we gather together, right, gather together in community groups, gather together in service, gather together in so many different ways. Maybe it's around a meal. Maybe it's around a very ordinary time in an ordinary breakfast in an ordinary way. And God continues to speak through your lips, Words of his grace for those that you're with. To speak of his forgiveness, to speak of his love for you, to speak of his care as we go each day in very ordinary ways with an extraordinary Lord. So as you wake up each morning and you see another ordinary morning with an ordinary cup of coffee and maybe the ordinary people you're with, Remember the extraordinary love that God has for you in Christ and has given to you to share and to care for all those who God brings into your life. In his name, amen. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your extraordinary grace that you have poured out in your creation through Christ. As in this time of Easter, we celebrate that life that continues on, And the gift of life which you continually give. Open our hearts to see where you're present each day. As we focus our eyes and our love upon you. And as you send us out to share that love and grace with all those around us. Give us courage to speak your truth and your words. Give us wisdom to be silent when that time is needed. So that we can sit and we can receive your grace and then share it with those who need it. In your son Jesus' name, amen.